and welcome to the Bleacher Connection, a part of Unhinged Radio, powered by Belly Up Sports. Make sure you follow them at Radio Unhinged and at Belly Up Sports on Twitter. And as always, you can find Trevor and I on social media. Trevor's at the BleacherCon 1. I'm at the BleacherCon 2. We got our Facebook page, the Bleacher Connection podcast. And don't forget to check out our link trees on our Twitter bios, as well as our Facebook page, where you can find all the links to our partners at Dr. Squatch and All Natural Soap for Men, as well as our Bleacher Connection merch page. Trevor, how's it going? I'm good tonight, Ken. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Just getting in, back in the swing of uh, work after uh, a nice long weekend. <laughs> nice. Well, on today's episode, it's going to actually be the first of a two-part series where we're going to take a look at the NHL offseason. We're getting close to puck drop here. We've got, uh, I don't want to call it spring training, the preseason. It's going to be kicking off here in the next couple of weeks. And this is as good a time as any for Ken and I to kind of grade some of the teams on their offseason. So as mentioned, this is going to be the first in a two-part series. Uh, in today's episode, we're going to cover off the Metropolitan Division and the Central Division. And we're going to kind of go team by team, give a quick analysis of the ins, the ins and outs of the players from the offseason and what we've thought and potentially who we think might be the juggernauts in each division as a result of some of these moves. So, Ken, without further ado, should we start with the Metropolitan Division? Sounds like a good plan to me. So, first up in the Metropolitan Division, we're going to go to a team that recently had some big news and brought in a new player via an offer sheet from the Montreal Canadiens. And we're going to start with the Carolina Hurricanes. Ken, why don't you take it from here? Yeah, so the Hurricanes did something that hasn't been done since, I believe, it was 2007 with Dustin Penner, if it was... 07 or 04 one of the two hasn't been done in a long time either way so carolina added Jesperi Kakanyemi. they made a trade for ethan bear they brought they signed tony d'angelo they've got Derek stepan they signed uh josh levo uh they got brought in cole they brought in frederick anderson and anti ranta now brought in two goaltenders they also lost three goaltenders this offseason uh, surprisingly, Nedeljkovic, the Calder-nominated goaltender, Morazic and Reimer have all found new homes, as well as Jake Bean, Warren Fogle, and Geeky, who went in the expansion draft. Trevor, what are your thoughts on some of those moves? This has been an interesting offseason for the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm not a fan of the letting Nedeljkovic walk over a couple million bucks. That one did not make sense to me. Um, Warren Fogle, I, I liked him up front. I thought he added an element of speed. Can't complain when you get a decent defender, Ethan Bear back. So overall, I'm not that impressed with the Carolina Hurricanes offseason. And there's one reason why. I gave him a grade of a D, and I, this might be very low. One reason. They brought in Tony D'Angelo, that jackass. Yeah. Had they not even touched him, they probably would have been getting a B for me, but I'm sorry, I can't give a good grade to a team that brought in Tony D'Angelo and let Dougie Hamilton walk. Like, yeah, that- I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking there. I don't have an issue bringing in Freddie Anderson. I think he's a good goalie and anti Ranta. I actually think they've upgraded the goaltenders. Maybe could have held Delkovich, you know, get a Calder finalist there. 
Tony D'Angelo, I can't say anymore. This has been a train wreck of an off season, even though they added some entertainment with the, the offer sheet, don't like what they've done. No. And I, I said in our preview show, when we talked about uh, dark horses and the things that Caroline had a really good defense, they had a really solid forward depth, uh, but their goaltending didn't have to be exceptional, just had to be okay. And with the, the duo they had in Mrazek and Reimer at the time, pre-Nedelkovich really shining, you know, I thought that was okay. I think I gave him a C plus and that was more so they lost a lot, some key pieces and they didn't, I mean, they didn't, they didn't fully address that. They did bring in a legitimate number one goaltender in Anderson. They got a backup in Ranta. Um, some of the pieces that they brought in at forward and such are going to fit in well, but how do you, how do you replace a Dougie Hamilton? Uh, exactly. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. So a C plus, I definitely don't like the D'Angelo one because I was a, you know, if I had a number two team, it would have been Carolina. Now, I don't know. I totally agree. They, they made some moves. You, you lost the best player in free agency. You cannot get a passing grade because you let money get in the way of you having one of the best defensemen in the league. And he's now in New Jersey. So that's one of your division rivals to make it even worse. So Carolina, I don't really like what you've done. I think you deserve a D. Ken's being generous with the Tony D'Angelo and a C plus. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. They were involved in one of the bigger trades. And yes, it was one for one. We had Jakub Voracek come in and I believe it was Cam Atkinson go the other way. They were also involved in one of the second biggest trades of the offseason where they let Seth Jones go for essentially a bag of pucks to Chicago. Uh, I guess he got some high picks or whatever. And a good well, they got Bogfist. Bogfist. You got Bogfist, but you know, you brought in Vorek, Jack, and Bogfist. You lost Bayreuther, Atkinson, and Seth Jones. I don't know. I, I kind of a meh off season to me. I gave him a grade of a C. I think it's, they didn't, Seth Jones isn't as good as everybody thinks he is, but he's still a bit of a loss. I guess Voracek loved his time in Columbus, so maybe he can turn back the clock and, you know, be the dynamite elite player we saw three or four years ago in Philly. If he does, then Columbus's grade could actually go up. Ken, what are your thoughts? Well, you also missed Jake Bean going from Carolina to another division rival in Columbus. Um, I, I gave him a I gave him a D. I they lost it, like Atkinson and Jones for that team are impact players, and I don't think what the return was was enough to replace any of that. Voracek has been so up and down until this season gets rolling and potentially is over. Then maybe the grade changes, but at this point in time, Atkinson for Voracek. That's a tie. I didn't understand that one at the time, but we'll have to see. Maybe you're right. Maybe he loved it so much that he's going to, you know, feel reinvigorated and produce. But based on my fantasy leagues where I've drafted him, it, it's rough. Uh, there was another major move actually in Columbus that we didn't talk about. And that was moving on from John Tortorella. So we shall see what effect that has on the players. Everybody knows Tortorella has a shelf life. So maybe because just because of that alone, the new coach in there, maybe the players respond. We shall see. I'm I'm not really leaning either way. It's kind of why I gave him middle of the road. Ken's being 
pretty harsh on him, but I can, I can get behind that justification. This was a team that two years ago swept Tampa Bay. So yeah, I don't think that would happen this year. No, and not be, and based on what they've done since, it's been a decline, and that is why I graded them the way I did. This team is not bouncing back after a tough season or two. No, I don't think they are either. This is if I had to handicap this division, I'm going to say Columbus probably misses the playoffs. I, I've never really liked what they're doing. They have a hard time attracting the big names. And when they do get them, the guys eventually want out. So it, I feel for the fans of the Columbus Blue Jackets, but again, it's been kind of a meh off season for them. So I can't really can't argue anything you're saying there, Ken. Let's move on to the New Jersey Devils who made one of the biggest splashes in free agency this uh, off season. Bring it in the, I guess someone, everyone would call him the prize fish in Dougie Hamilton in a seven year by $9 million deal. They also brought in Thomas Tatar. Uh, they've got Graves in a, a good, sneaky good trade from the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Bernier, they lost uh, Will Butcher. And was it Merkley who went in the expansion draft? I can't remember. No, uh, Bastion. Bastion. Bastion went, I, I couldn't remember who went in the expansion draft. To me, I really like what New Jersey's done this offseason. I gave him a grade of a B plus. You brought in the best player in you know what? I actually probably should have given him a higher grade than that. You brought in the best player in free agency. You brought in a sneaky good defenseman in Graves from Colorado. Thomas Tatar, if he rebounds, I think could also be a really good signing. So I gave him a B plus. I actually probably should have been in the A range. See, it's funny you called them the prize fish because my grade was a B because they got the big fish of the offseason is what my notes are. Uh, yeah, Hamilton and Graves, are good. if they pair them together, that's a, that's a good, good defensive pair right there. I gave them a B because they landed Hamilton. Uh, Graves and Tatar are good ads. I like that for them. Bernier, is he really going to be a guy that pushes either one of the goaltenders they already have for a number one spot goaltending is still an issue it's great she got two good defensemen this offseason but you're still relying on the young guys to step up and do the scoring I don't know if it's going to be enough to really push them over but I think they've had a good offseason I gave them a B I think this team could surprise but the only way they're going to surprise if he sure and Hughes take another step forward. This team is still lacking a little bit of firepower up front. They're going to have trouble scoring goals. Uh, the Bernier acquisition, I guess, can give you some. Mackenzie Blackwood, I think, is a, a decent goaltender. Uh, let's see if he can do it again. Bernier, I guess, insulates him a little bit. Doesn't move the needle that much. Dougie Hamilton, like this, this power play to me is one where it really could get a boost with him, especially playing with the two young kids. Can he get them over the top? Can he elevate their games? If Dougie Hamilton could do what he did in Carolina and have that positive effect on the guys like Sebastian Ajo, who really took off once Dougie got there, if he can have that same kind of effect on Heischer, this could be a really good team in that division. I'm not prepared to put them there yet, but I do like what they've done this offseason. I think they had a, su a success for so far. Just got to put it on the ice now. Yeah, they, they, the pieces are there. Let's see if they can do it. 
Uh, let's move on to another of the New York teams, and that's the New York Islanders. Ken, what are your thoughts on the Islanders? Well, the Islanders, they brought in panic. That was pretty much what they brought in. Uh, they lost Everly in the expansion draft. They traded away Ladd for, and draft picks for nothing, and they, they lost Letty, Nick Letty. Uh, I gave him a C plus, not necessarily for what they brought in. It was what they were able to get out in cap space to be able to keep everyone they had essentially there. Uh, sorry, I, I forgot. Uh, Zach Parise, is he signed with them as well, didn't he? Yeah, did they? Is or, it official yet? I don't. I thought it was part of Lula that. Lou so cloak and dagger and everything. Is it actually official? Like, I know they did a bunch of the the re-signings here recently. I, is Parise official? He said he is. I have to believe that he's he is going there. I think he was on a, a radio show where he pretty much said, yeah, I'm going there. It's been done for a long time. But again, does Zach Parise really move the needle anymore? I I don't know. No. I, the, I, loss of, the loss of Eberle to me is actually quite big. And I say that because he can have dynamic offensive nights. And he's he can be dynamic on the power play. And I don't know that you've replaced that. At the end of the day, Jordan Eberle can score goals. And I don't know that you have replaced that. And on a team that sometimes struggles to score goals, that could be a loss. I, I gave him a grade of a B. And the reason I did was this is already a good team that didn't really have to do anything. They re-signed their key guys. They got them all re-signed, all locked up. They brought in some veteran leadership with Parise. Again, I don't know if he moves the needle that much, but he's still a decent player. This team isn't that far away to begin with. They've got some of the best coaching in the league as well. So could they, they, they didn't have to do anything. They're going to be near the top of the division. Are they better than the Rangers? Are they better than Washington? I, I want to believe that they are. So I think they kind of put faith in the guys that they had by not doing a lot. And to me, that I think the team's going to reward them. I like what they've done, even though they really haven't done anything. Yeah, and, and the C-plus might have been because Everly is gone. But I think Palmieri is a piece that could potentially replace. And Parise might be able to pick up the slack if, you know, just for numbers wise, if Everly was a 25 goal scorer, you know, Palmieri will be a 18 to 20 and Prize will pick up the rest to make up for it. You know, I think they did well to keep that team. I don't think they're any less uh, strong than they were at the end of the season. This is a team that I think will be contending at the top of the East. Absolutely agree with you on that. I just, they didn't need to do anything. This is one of the best teams. And once you get into the playoffs with this team, playing in their barn is ridiculously hard. They have such a home ice advantage. And I really think they've done a good job, uh, Lula Amarillo, and they've created a team with an identity that I know some other teams strive to be. I know my team, the Calgary Flames, strive to be the New York Islanders, where you play a really tight checking, low scoring, low event hockey the Islanders do it to a T. They're one of, they're the probably the best in the NHL at, at playing that style. And I know other teams try to emulate it. The Calgary Flames, my team being one of them, I like the Islanders. I think they're a legit 
cup contender and they're going to be right there at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the third and final team from the New York area. And that's the New York Rangers. Ken, what did they do this off season? Well, for the additions, they brought in Ryan Reeves for through a trade. They got Sammy Bly uh, and they brought in Barkley Goudreau from Tampa in a trade, which, you know, we talked about earlier, one of, one of the trades where the team was a beneficiary of, uh, that was the Devils with Graves, where Colorado knew they would lose them one way or another, so they got something for it. Tampa did the same with Goudreau. The Rangers were the beneficiaries of that. But they had a couple minor guys leave, uh, but they did have one big subtraction in Pavel Buchnevich, and he went in the Sammy Bly trade to St. Louis. And I think for my grade for the New York Rangers was a B minus. I think they, uh, <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I might've been grading kind of fair here, but uh, they brought in some toughness. They were getting tossed around by the capitals. Reeves will put an end to that. And when you get Washington versus the New York Rangers this year, it's on TV in Canada, I'm watching it because I want to see Ryan Reeves and Tom Wilson and the lack of a better term shit show that ensues. They did. I mean, Sammy Bly and Barkley Goudreau are, are good additions, but it cost them Pavel Buchnevich. And I think that there, that could be an issue for them. So I, I, I gave him a B minus because of that. Um, you know, if it was just Goudreau, Reeves, and, you know, coming in with Bly, and you didn't have to give up Buchnevich, then, you know, maybe a B minus or B, B wouldn't have been so generous. But I think they did fairly well to address some needs. Goaltending, we have to see if they can turn it around or not. I don't like what the Rangers have done at all. I think they let the Tom Wilson situation get under their skin way too much. And I think they made a series of moves to bring in only grit and sandpaper. And I don't like it. I really don't. This is a, a young, exciting, dynamic, offensive team. You got Artemi Panarin leading the way. And you went and spent a bunch of money on Barkley Goudreau. And he's a Stanley Cup champion. I'll give you that. You could have spent similar money and got a better player in Blake Coleman than Barkley Goudreau. Ryan Reeves, I think his best days are past him. I, I think he, he wasn't even in the lineup for Vegas come the playoffs at the end of the year last year. Sammy Blay, I like that. I, I, there's some good, decent sandpaper. I don't, a guy who can play and play physical. I don't mind that. And Barkley Goudreau is not a bad player, terrible contract. Just don't like that contract. Like I said, I gave him a D. I just feel like they're going the wrong way with what they should be doing. And they're a high, they, they're a high flying young team play that way. I think they got slower. They may have gotten harder to play against, but that's only Washington. Like that's only Tom Wilson. You can settle that score in the first game of the season and be done with it. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of what's happened here. This coming right on the heels of them essentially cleaning house in upper management as well. 
I don't know. This is a team that seems like it's in a bit of turmoil kind of off the ice. And I don't like what they've done on the ice either. You got to remember they have an owner in Dolan, like Dundon in Carolina, who is reactionary and didn't like what happened. So I bet you Chris Jury's number one directive from ownership was to get tough at whatever cost. So I think that's what happened there. I think that dictated a lot the end of last season. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I just feel like, was it the right move? And I'm not convinced that it is. So we'll move on to a team from Pennsylvania, one of the two teams from Pennsylvania. This team was very active this offseason. If there was a team that tried to steal the show, Philadelphia Flyers. They clearly were not happy with how last season played out. And they did something about it. <laughs> Lots of big names aren't there anymore. Gone. You've got Shane Goss to spare in a trade for nothing with the Arizona Coyotes. I believe that was the official release. Uh, Nolan Patrick, a young high pick, gone to Vegas. Jakub Voracek, gone to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Hag is gone. Myers is gone. You brought in uh, Derek Broussard, Ryan Ellis. I love that move. Rasmus Rissalainen, we shall see on that one. Big body defenseman. Keith Yandel, uh, Atkinson, that, that's another big move. Ken, do you like what the Flyers have done? Or are you a little iffy? Well, you brought Martin Jones as a, I would assume, pure backup to yeah, Carter Hart, but also does have a number one pedigree and background if Hart falters and doesn't play up. I, I gave him a B plus. Uh, they unloaded players who were underperforming and on big, bigger ticket deals. And they brought in good key pieces that are going to help them now and in the future. Keith Yandel's solid. You know, he had whatever ownership in Florida, you know, wanted him out. He still produced. He still did his job. Cam Atkinson is a solid player. Ryan Ellis, solid. Nate Thompson, Derek Broussard. Those are going to be good pieces that are going to fit in that lineup and help them improve. Now, Martin Jones and Rasmus Ristolainen, those are essentially, they are like, those are the type of players that the Toronto Blue Jays go up and pick up for their bullpen. They're a reclamation project. (laughs) They're hoping for a turnaround bounce back season. Now, you take a look at Ristolainen. He came out of Buffalo. How are you not going to be essentially, sorry, horrible playing for that team? So can he do it? I think so. Ristolainen, that team in Buffalo is just not good. And I don't, I, let's see what he can do in a different setting. Martin Jones, San Jose was the same kind of situation. Not a good team and maybe in a better spot, different chance. Martin Jones can regain his form. But those two are the big reclamation projects that they brought in this season. Yeah, I think you've got with Ryan Ellis is the player that I really like here. He's a guy who can step onto your first power play and run it. I think he's going to do really, really well there. Wrist aligned again. You get him out of Buffalo, maybe. He's a big body. It's like he's hard to play against. He's, you know, he's a uh, shot blocking uh, magician. 
that might have been because he spent the entire time in his own zone, uh, you know, a la uh, Chris Russell. Yeah. Cam Atkinson, you brought in a legit goal scorer. Again, this team's only going to go as far as Claude Giroux can take them. Uh, Ivan Provorov, really like him on the back end. Like, this team has some good pieces. I gave him a B-. minus. It potentially could have been higher than that, I think. Um, if Ristolainen pans out, then they're, this air offseason could turn into an A. It really could. If, if a guy like Ristolainen and Alice really do pan out, Martin Jones as a backup, kind of more of an insurance policy to Carter Hart, who really struggled last year. I don't mind that move. You don't have the pressure of the big ticket contract of having to be the guy. So I don't mind what Philadelphia's done here. And what I like is they said they were going to make changes, and they did. I can't Absolutely. Hope. I got to say – Go ahead. Sorry. For Ristolainen, you got to think about it. How many coaches has he had over the last three, four years? How is a defensive guy not going to struggle when you're continuously getting brand new coaches in year after year after year and potentially trying to change your game and change the style that the team plays? How, how are you not going to struggle? So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and I, Philly's got a lot of established pieces. So you get James Van Riemsdyk, uh, Travis Konechny, Clojure. Like, those are legit forwards. This team could be very good. They were really good two years ago. And they took a step back. So I'm very interested to see what happens with the Philadelphia Flyers. I, I think they're going to have a good, a good season. I think it was time to split up the Giroux Voracek um, tandem there and bring in some fresh blood. And I really like Cam Atkinson. If you can score close to 40 goals for the Columbus Blue Jackets, you're good. And this guy, I think, is going to score a pile of goals for the Philadelphia Flyers. And I'm very interested. Let's move on to the other team from Pennsylvania. And you got the Pittsburgh Penguins who lost Brandon Tanev and Jared McCann and didn't really replace them with much. Uh, Jamie McGinn, uh, Louis Domingue, he can bake them some pies, I guess. And uh, Hollander, I don't like what they've done. They got a D for me. I, I didn't feel like I could give them an F because they at least made a move, but this is a team that is old, hasn't done anything to get younger. There was rumors that Chris Letang might be on the trading block. He's still there. He again. injured again. Sidney Crosby, it looks like, is going to be out for an extended period to start the season. Last year, I picked the team to the Pittsburgh Penguins to regress. They didn't, shockingly. I think this is the year that they regressed. They didn't do anything. And, and you, you're, <laughs> we're going to skip that on the prediction show though. They, they didn't do anything. And they're just another year older, in my opinion. Can they get the goaltending from Tristan Jari? I don't know if they can. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a long year for the Penguins, but as long as you have Crosby on your team, you have a chance. Ken, what are your thoughts on the Penguins? Well, they're not going to have them for about six weeks. Um, like, like their Pennsylvania cousins, the, the penguins are right up there on the cap. The difference is Philadelphia did a lot to make their team better. Pittsburgh did nothing. They got a C minus. They did nothing major in or out. They're aging. Their core is getting old. And this team, when it falls off, is going to fall off to the pre Sydney Crosby days, I think. So 
it's going to get, I think, a little bit, it's going to start to get ugly for them soon. And I think uh, not having any money, even with Crosby on the the uh, injured reserve for six weeks, it's not going to help them. They're not going to be able to do anything. Uh, there's not a lot of pieces out there to, to move that needle for them. So they got a C minus. Not really much more to add to what you just said because it's all there. They didn't do anything. Well, and I think you're looking at an opening night first line center of Jeff Carter for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then there's a serious drop off after that. I don't know. I think this window has closed and I don't see them contending. I got proven wrong last year. I do like guys, Kasperi Kapanen. I like him. Jake Gensel, I actually really like him. He's, I think he's one of the most underrated goal scorers in the league. Um, Brian Rust, I think is another really solid player. Dominic Simone. We didn't mention him. <laughs> yeah. The addition there. He's a guy who couldn't crack the Calgary flames lineup for hardly any time. We'll see if, uh, Going back to Penn's work. Going back and do anything for them. Their defense core is suspect at best once you get past Chris Letang. So I don't like what they've done at all. I think Pittsburgh's in trouble this year, especially if Crosby Malkin continue to be injured or injured for any any length of time. There is just not a lot of depth on this team. Well, if Jeff Carter's your number one center on opening night, you might as well sign Mike Richards while you're at it, too. (laughs) Hey, let's move on to the final team in the Metropolitan Division. And this has been one of the powerhouses in the division for quite a while now. And that's the Washington Capitals. And the Washington Capitals had a relatively quiet um, offseason. They lost Vanacek and they got Vanacek. So he was taken by the Seattle Kraken and then I believe reacquired from the Seattle Kraken for a draft pick. Uh, they lost um, Brendan Dillon to the Winnipeg Jets. Ken, what do you think of the, the Washington Capitals? Well, the addition of Vanacek and Schultz with the out of Vanacek and Dillon, uh, C minus and, you know, C above for my Pittsburgh comments this is a team that didn't really do anything. And again, repeat what we just said about Pittsburgh aging aged core that needs to make some changes. They, they, they can still do it, but they don't have anything in the pipeline to have it ready to go. And you've got a player in Evgeny Kuznetsov who they would probably love to get rid of and free up $7.8 million, but who's going to touch that with a 10 foot pole. I, I could see them struggling again. If they don't do well, their goaltending is, should be fine, but I just, I, they didn't do enough for me to really improve and stand out from the rest of the division. The rest of the division, for the most part, there are teams that took clear, huge strides ahead of them and Pittsburgh for that matter in getting better. So we'll see. Yeah. I gave the Capitals a C. I wasn't, as harsh i don't think that the capitals are a good team and they didn't really lose anything like whatever you lost with brendan dillon you're essentially going to get back with justin schultz there might be a little bit more of an offensive upside to justin schultz i felt like the the evgeny kuznetsov is going to kind of hang over this team like it's a guy who doesn't necessarily want to be there the team doesn't want him there 
they didn't move him. He's got a big ticket. I can understand. He, he's a, he's a selfish player. I'm going to go back to, I remember watching him at the world junior championships in Calgary and he was sulking all over the ice in, I got to see him play two games live. Nothing's changed. Like he, he's a bit of a showboater. He's, you know, he's his highs are highs. And when he's not happy, he's a bit of a crybaby. So Washington's a good team. Don't forget they signed Ovechkin essentially until he, you know, hopefully breaks Wayne Gretzky's goal scoring record. That that's one thing I would definitely like to see. Yeah. I think this is a playoff team for sure. They're, they're still a deep team. You got backs from Ovechkin. They're both a year older, but I don't see any signs of them slowing down. So I give them a C. I don't feel like they had to do much. Ken, before we move on to the central, who's the powerhouses in the metropolitan division? Well, I think Carolina is still going to, despite some of their moves, I think they're still going to be near the top. Um, it's a lot less clear right now than it was last year at this time. I think uh, I'm going to stick with Carolina is going to be up there and I'm going to put Carolina Philly at the top of this division. Maybe a battle between those two. I think the Islanders are the class of this division. I just think the way they play is very hard. I think the Rangers might be able to take that step. Philly's got a lot of question marks, but I do like what they've done this offseason. But there's going to be that time to gel going up against an Islanders team that is gelled already. I think it could be a slow start for Philly. I got to pick the Islanders, the Hurricanes, and the Flyers and the Capitals as the best teams in this division. Maybe New Jersey can squeeze their way in. Anyway, you shake it, this is a good division with quite a few good teams. And I think you're going to see one or two decent teams not make the playoffs from this division. Yeah. And again, yeah, you're completely right. The Islanders were a team that I, you know, talked about last year with Caroline and I think they're still there. I just didn't scroll back up as far to see that. (laughs) (laughs) It's that little thing on your mouse, Ken. Yeah. Yeah. I got to figure it out now. I'm good. Nice. Okay. Well, let's uh, move to the central division. And in this division, we've got the Arizona Coyotes, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Colorado Avalanche, the Dallas Stars, the Minnesota Wild, Nashville Predators, St. Louis Blues, and Winnipeg Jets. Let's start with, I think, the only team both of us are going to give an F to, and that's the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, in, um, nobody, 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 oh, draft picks, a guy who's over the hill. Oh, wait, we got Louis Erickson's bad contract, uh, Roussel's bad contract, Beagle's bad contract, uh, Goss's Bears' bad contract, Andrew Ladd's bad contract. Wow. Dezingle. Well, this is a disaster. Yeah. Uh, don't forget Darcy Kemper. They lost their starting goaltender. He's going they out. They lost, they lost all Garland. their goal- goaltenders. They, they lost. Yeah, they lost both goaltenders. They lost right. Ekman Larson, Dvorak. They're, the list goes, there's still rumors out there that they might trade more players. Like, this is a yeah. disaster. Jacob Chitrin's apparently available for two firsts. Yeah. Uh, this team is going to be absolute, absolutely horrible. If they're trying to tank so that even Tempe says, yeah, we don't want you so that they can move the, the franchise, they're doing it. This, I, You're right. Complete F dumpster fire of an organization. They're not like this team. If they win 10 games, I think we should be surprised. Yeah, I, I 
Is F minus a grade? I'm not sure because I yeah. think they deserve that. Incomplete. <laughs> Incomplete. Yeah. It's, maybe they should be relegated to the AHL. Like, I, is there a grade worse than F? Because they deserve it. Yes. This ARI. This, yeah, this team's going to be a dumpster fire. I get it. There's financial hardship and they're trying to trade salary cap money for real money. I understand that. They're trying to get the real, real money dollars down. They've done a good job of that, I guess. I don't know how they're going to sign their 74 second round draft picks next season. Like, and their and they're 53 first round draft picks. Like, I just, this offseason alone, absolute tire fire on the ice, off the ice. Maybe next year, if they have a good draft, we might be singing a different tune on this team. But right now, I don't get it. I still wish they were in my division with the Calgary Flames and the Vancouver Canucks. I'm a little sad that they're not in it anymore because that would have been, as uh, Eric Francis called it, the free space on the bingo card. Yeah. Ottawa Senators that didn't turn out. Wish they are still in my division. There's not a lot more to be said about this. I don't think, Ken, did you want to pipe in anymore? No, the fact that they're trying to get rid of real dollars for salary cap dollars uh, is why you've had seven ownership groups in 25 years. And this franchise has been on shaky legs from the word go. Uh, Just move them and get it over with, get a solid owner in there who can actually pay players. And we'll put in a little plug for an episode from a few weeks back of where we predicted the Arizona Coyotes would move to. Uh, Ken said they would go to Houston and I said they'd go to Toronto. So if you're liking what we have to say, check that episode out. Well, let's move on to the Chicago Blackhawks. And I know as a little bit of a teaser, Ken had a hard time giving this uh, team a good grade because he hates them. But I'm pretty sure he gave them a good grade. Ken, I'm going to let you take off and talk about your beloved Chicago Blackhawks. I don't want to. This is bullshit. Um, (laughs) I... uh... It pained me to be nice to the Chicago Blackhawks just for past playoff experience between them and the Canucks. They brought in Tyler Johnson, Jujar Kara, Seth Jones, Caleb Jones, uh, McCabe, Marc-Andre Fleury. And they got moved out. Nikita Zadorov, Brent Seabrook, Bogfist, Duncan Keith, and Soderlund. I gave them a B plus and I cried for 35 minutes after I did because it hurt. They moved aging vets on big dollar deals out to be able to get younger players in. And they also upgraded their goaltending, which was a major problem. last year. (laughs) And, And yes, they paid Seth Jones a hell of a lot of money, but you know, are the Chicago Blackhawks better today than they were at the end of last season? Absolutely. Are they in the playoff picture in within the Central Division and in the, the Western Conference? Yeah, unfortunately, they are. They made some good moves. Tyler Johnson, take him away from Tampa. He's still a good player. Tyler Johnson, I don't think, was a beneficiary of being on Tampa. He was a good and is a good player. Jujar Kerr is a fourth-line player. If he would have gone to the Canucks, I would have been just as happy. The Jones brothers, they they brought in some good players this offseason, and they should do all right. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm uh, right there in the BB-plus range. 
it could potentially be higher. That Mark Andre Fleury could be the absolute steal of the offseason. If you get the guy with a chip on his shoulder, the the Stanley Cup champion, the guy who stood on his head for the Vegas Golden Knights two years ago, if that's the Mark Andre Fleury you're getting, look out. Chicago's going to be a good team. Here's another addition we didn't mention a healthy Jonathan Taves. If he is back to being healthy, you just brought in your heart and soul back to this team. I mentioned it before. I'm not the biggest Seth Jones fan, but do I believe Seth Jones is an upgrade on Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook? Absolutely. I do. Uh, Tyler Johnson. Yeah. I think he, he could fit well playing more of a skill role. You know, you got Alex to Patrick Kane, You've got some high-end talent on this team that Tyler Johnson might fit very well with or might play a really good supporting role. Jujar Kara, absolutely. You said it. I would have taken him on the Calgary Flames. He's a great, you know, third, fourth-line player at a reasonable price. Caleb Jones, same thing. Decent depth player. I like what they've done, and they didn't really get rid of much, really anything other than Duncan Keith. And I guess the door off, off their back end, but I think they've upgraded. So I like what they've done. I think they're going to be there in the conversation in the central division. I think Seth Jones could be rejuvenated by being out of Columbus. I mean, Torts was gone either way, but a different system playing with his brother, the Jones brothers on the back end could be very, very difficult to play against. Yeah, very much. So I, I think things are looking promising for the Chicago Blackhawks especially if Jonathan Taves is 100% and healthy and can be the leadership, I think Chicago could be a really good team. I, th- I think they might be a sleeper. Uh, let's move on to a team that we know is a really good team, and that's the Colorado Avalanche. This is a really good team that struggles in the playoffs. And did this team get better this offseason? They brought in Darcy Kemper. Uh, they brought in McDermott and, and Maltsev didn't do much to bring in except for I feel like they filled a really big void and, and they lost Grubauer but I do believe that Darcy Kemper is an upgrade over Grubauer and I think he'll provide stability as long as he can stay healthy they lost Graves they lost Dickinson they lost Donskoy they lost Sod. but to me these were all important things that they lost these guys and the reason being they retained Gabriel Landeskog that was the key Thing in all of the Colorado Avalanche offseason, in my opinion, was Landis Cog. They retained him. I'm giving him a B strictly because they were able to retain Gabriel Landis Cog. Should be a Ranger. Landis Cog should be a Ranger. Both you and I know it. Uh, I, I gave Colorado a C. I, I think they, they lost key pieces that I think you know, who's going to replace Sod's goaltending? They didn't replace Graves on the back end, or so, Sod's scoring. Sorry, I was looking at Grubauer and I was talking about Sod. <laughs> uh, they didn't bring in anyone to replace Sod's scoring. Graves' defense. I mean, now whether you're going to bring up Bowen Byram to replace Graves, I mean, you're asking a lot from a young kid. And is Kemper really – I mean, Kemper played on a bad team in Arizona, yes. But he put up good numbers on a bad team. Like, yeah. He's, he's going to get to play in front of a way better team. I like that that acquisition, especially because the Edmonton Oilers were involved in that. And yeah. Colorado got him over Edmonton. So that that 
just makes me happy. There's a lot more pressure on him though now than there is in Arizona. In Arizona, yep. no one gives a damn, so he can just go out and play. Now he's going to be expected to backstop that team on a deep, deep playoff run that anything less than Stanley Cup final is a disappointment. So we'll see how he handles that. That's why I gave him a C. I don't know. Yes, they kept Landeskog. That's a big piece of it. He was, you know, technically still there. He didn't actually go anywhere. But I gave him a C because I think they had some holes to fill, and I don't necessarily think that they did it to get over the hump and really cement themselves ahead of Vegas. See, I, I felt like Joe Sackick, we're talking about them losing Graves, but they were going to lose Graves anyways. He was going to go on the expansion draft. So Joe Sackick, if I remember correctly, got a second-round draft pick for him. So I can't really fault them losing him. Could they have replaced him? Maybe. Maybe they could have replaced oh, him. But they, like got, you mentioned, they got Maltsev for him. Was it Maltsev? Okay. Yeah. Owen Byram looks like he's the real deal. You know, you got Kale McCarr there, probably one of the best defensemen in the league. Like, this team's stacked. I just – I like what they've done, and I think as long as Kemper can stay healthy, they're going to be a powerhouse again. And I think this might be the year they get past the second round. I, again, I gave him a B. Landis Cog's still there. The top line's still there. They're still one of the best teams. Yeah. Dallas Let's is move next. On to the Dallas Stars, and this is a team that's been relatively quiet. Um, they lost Jason Dickinson to the uh, Vancouver Canucks and Alexiak is out. They brought in Ryan Suter and Brayden Holtby. I, I don't quite understand that one. They're now three goaltenders deep. I think, I think that's got to be a sign that Ben Bishop's not playing this year and is seriously hurt. I gave them a C because they didn't really do anything. Like Ryan Suter, I guess, can still be a bit of an impact player. That's a pretty hefty uh contract i believe it was three years wasn't it yeah it's it's not it's not a short deal it's not cheap for a guy who just got bought out i feel like they paid a little bit more than they needed to and holtby's only on one year deal so i can't fault that too much but they really haven't done anything they're a good team but they're only gonna go as far as sagan ben and radulov can take them and i'm not convinced those three guys are going to take them anywhere they've got some other really nice pieces that i like miro heiskanen is again one of the best defensemen in the league um and uh the other really good defenseman Klingberg. yeah Klingberg. john goes thinking jack but no john Klingberg, really good so this team has a lot of good pieces i don't feel like they needed to do a ton and they didn't well they better hope someone's not going to play because they're they're about four million over the cap right now um and they got projected that amount to you so they're going to be right there at the cap even money they gave ryan Suter a four year 3.65 million dollars four year oh i thought it was three he's 36 and they let jamie alexiak walk for that reason they left him let him go in the expansion draft for that reason, C minus. You, you, yes. If Bishop's out, you got Gudobin and Holtby. Fine, but you let a top defenseman go. Who? I'm sorry. He's he's 28. He he's eight years younger than the guy that you just gave a million dollars less to. 
that you didn't need to because he just got bought out of and given a bag full of money by Minnesota. C minus. I, I I think Dallas failed in this this venture. They didn't they didn't come out ahead. Yeah, I think Dallas. We shall see. Again, they're only going to go as far as those top three guys can take them. If they re if they have a good season, Dallas will be good. If they don't, they won't. Pretty simple. Uh, the Minnesota Wild. This is. I gave two really bad grades. The Minnesota Wild got one of them. Uh, they lo- they um, brought in uh, Jordy Ben and Alex Goligoski. They lost Brise, Suter, and Sousi. I'm giving them an F, strictly. And, and I don't. Some people might give them an A for this because of those buyouts. Those buyouts may have helped them this year. Those buyouts are going to be absolute anchors. After this year, I do not like what Minnesota's doing. I don't like where they're going. They had a surprisingly good season last year. They, they don't have um, Caprizov under contract yet as of the recording. He seems to be, you know, unsure if he's going to go back. I don't like what they've done, and I think they're in for big, big financial hardships on the salary cap after this year. F. Well, I didn't go as harsh because I did, you know, give some credit for the buyouts, but I gave him a D. The buyouts are just as crippling, if not more, than the contracts were. And for that reason, they got a D. They got a failing grade. It's not an F. But, yeah, uh, they did nothing. Sorry, like Jerry Ben is an in-and-out-of-the-lineup kind of guy. Goligoski, they're not, they're not needle movers. They're not impact players. So, you better hope you can get Kaprizov signed. He's looking at, you know, maybe 10 mil a season. But, yeah, I think they're going to – they went from – you said it. They had a good year last year, and I, I think they're going to take a step back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's move on to the team, the Nashville Predators. They brought in local fan favorite in Calgary, David Riddich, uh, Myers and Glass. And out the door went Arvidsson, Ellis, uh, I guess Nolan Patrick, technically. And, for a minute. Uh, for a minute. And uh, Kelly Yarncroke, I gave him a D. Actually, yeah. it could have been a D minus. I do not like what Nashville's done here. Arvidsson, Ellis, Yarncroke, all very good players. You didn't really replace them with much. You lost Pekka Rene. You brought in. David Riddich, I can't, that's fine, whatever. Riddich is a decent backup. Don't expect more out of him. Uh, he's a great guy, great character guy. I can't give him, you know, give him anything there. Uh, Glass, maybe he can uh, rebound getting out of Vegas, have a little more ice time, a little more responsibility. Again, you lost four good players or three good players and didn't really replace them with much. Yeah. And I don't think, I'm, a, I'm with you, it was a D. They got, you know, Philip Myers even still, he's not, He's not replacing Ellis. That's a big loss for them. So not much yeah. more I think needs to be no, said on them. No. Uh, the St. Louis Blues uh, didn't make a ton of transactions this offseason. Uh, they brought in Bushnevich and Saad, which are decent additions. Out the door, two good players, Sammy Blaze and Dunn. I think they kind of came out even on that one. I gave them a C plus, maybe just to see. It's kind of been meh for them. Not a lot's happened. I still think St. Louis is a good team. There's the Vladimir Tarasenko thing hanging over them. The guy wanted out. They haven't done anything. You know, with that C, because of Tarasenko, I think should be a C-. minus. 
you still got that hanging over the team. What's happening? Did did they miss the window to trade this guy? I think they might have. Yeah, I I gave him a B despite that because I think Buchnevich and Saad, you know, are an upgrade on Sammy Bly and Dunn. Vince Dunn is going to be, a, you know, is a, a player that a lot of teams were looking at, and he went yes. in the expansion draft. But that's going to be a big loss that they haven't replaced. No, but I think bringing in, uh, uh, well, they lost Petrangelo too, and brought in Krug, and their defense was was still decent. Well, so we'll see what they can do if they can. If they got a diamond in the rough somewhere. Maybe they got a guy in the ECHL that can come up mid-season and save them again. But you don't get too many Jordan Binningtons. Um, then this team's only going to go as far as Binnington can take them, and he'll he'll win one game. Contract kicks in this year. Oh boy! Yeah. We He'll win a game and lose one. eight nothing. Yeah, I, this, I this a, could be a long year in St. Louis. I yeah. I'm not convinced on Bennington. I, I did give him a B for bringing in a couple of good scores like that. So, yep. And finally, the only Canadian team that we're going to talk about today, and that is the Winnipeg Jets, who have been kind of under the radar active this off season, bringing in Nate Schmidt, uh, Brendan Dillon. Uh, Riley Nash and Eric Comrie. They lost uh, Mason Appleton in the expansion draft. Everybody knew that was going to happen anyways. They knew it was going to happen. I think another big move that they made was they actually re-signed Paul Stastny. They were worried he might be on his way out. So I'm actually going to kind of put him in the addition column because it looked like he was on his way out the door. I'm not going to lie. I only gave one team a flat-out A, and that's the Winnipeg Jets. I really? love what they've done on their back end. I think they they upgraded it with Schmidt and Dylan significantly and not for a very big price. I think that was kind of one of their weaknesses last year, and I think it's now potentially one of their strengths. Like, gone are the days of uh, uh, Dustin Bufflin, and and I think for a while they, they missed him. I think they finally have brought in decent players – uh, to play, uh, go alongside Morrissey, who's one of the best up-and-coming defensemen. Uh, you got maybe a full season of a happy Pierre-Luc Dubois coming up. You don't have the Patrick Lyon anything over you anymore. I really like what the Winnipeg Jets have done, and I think they've potentially gotten back into the category of Stanley Cup contender. Now, see, I, I kind of went the other way. I gave him a C-. I'm shocked. I am literally shocked. Well, the reason being is, and Nate Schmidt is a very capable defensive, but you're relying on him having another, uh, have a bounce back season. So if he doesn't have that, you, you know, gave up a third for him. Brendan Dillon, decent, but he's not, he's not a guy I think that's going to move the needle too much. Schmidt could. So mine's a C minus right now, but it could be a B because if Schmidt, plays the way he can, like he did in Vegas, like everyone in Vancouver hoped they were going to see when he came, then he very well could be that player. It's going to take some time to see that. They lost their backup goaler in Brassois. And yeah, they got... brought in Comrie. Brassois, to yeah. me, wasn't a big deal. Yeah. They brought in Eric Comrie to replace him. That, to me, that's a wash. Yeah. I like the Jets. I think they're going to be a really good team. Like You're, you're looking at Shifley, Wheeler... Dubois, um, oh, the right wing. God, the really good goal scorer. I'm totally drawing a blank here. We got Eller, Shifley, Connor, 
Yeah, yeah. Connor and Shai, I'm totally drawing a blank on these guys all of a sudden. I like what they've done. I think they're, they have high-end talent. They've got a really good third line. Now, Mason Appleton's a big loss. I, it I is. That's a huge loss. That's a big void. But I think they made up for that loss by shoring up their back end. They've got one of the best goalies in the league in Connor Hellebuck. Like, I just don't see how the, how the Winnipeg Jets aren't going to be a very good team next year. Yeah, and my grade isn't necessarily how I think they're going to do. Like, Appleton's a big loss, and I just don't know that what they brought in is enough to help fill that void. And time will see. It could it could go from a C-minus to a B very easily if Schnitt, Schnitt, Schmidt plays above what he did last year. And it's very possible. Uh, but, no, I, I think the Winnipeg Jets are going to be a very tough team uh, come this season. Yeah, can't disagree there. You got Andrew Kopp as your third line center. Paul Stassi might even be a fourth line center on this team. I just, they are stacked down the middle. Like you're talking center ice right to the goalie through the decor. This team is stacked. And I, I just, they've solidified that back end. And to me, I think they are legit Stanley Cup contenders again, like they were two years ago. And good on Shevel Dayoff. I think he has had one of the best off seasons so far. So who's the, who's the king of this division? Who, who are the, the, you know, kind of the top three or four teams in your mind? I think we know who the bottom team in this division is going to be. So Ken, who's, who's the guys to watch? Well, I think Colorado kind of right now is you, you pencil them in at number one, but I think behind them, Winnipeg and surprisingly Chicago, I think could That's be pushing. That's exactly how I see it. That could exactly. be pushing for the, for the crown. Like Colorado's not going to have an easy go with either one of those two teams. So they're not going to be facing each other all the time like they did this year. So they're going to have to win those games when they're not playing them. And yeah. I think Colorado's going to get some, get some, have some trouble with Chicago and Winnipeg. Well, we would love to hear from you guys, Arizona Coyote fans, Minnesota Wild fans. You got a couple of Fs for me on that one. Winnipeg Jets, I gave you an A. We'd love to hear from these fan bases. Reach out to you. I'm at the BleacherCon 1. Ken is at the BleacherCon 2. Are we off base with your team? Let us know. Yeah, so, and and like many of the lists we do, Trevor and I did not discuss the grades beforehand. So uh, this is all new to us as we were going through it. And actually pretty close on most of it, except for, say, Winnipeg. We were kind of at different ends of that. But uh, that was the Metro Metropolitan and Central Division. Next week, we're going to do the Atlantic and Pacific and uh, going to get a chance to talk about our teams and what, how, we, how we grade them for their off-seasons. Oh, the Flames get an A. We don't have them have to. Oh, God. Uh, we got to wait a week to hear this. Oh, man. All right. So that's our show for this week. We want to thank everyone for tuning in. Don't forget, you can catch our premiere on unhingedsn.airtime.pro every Monday, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, replays throughout the week uh again back-to-back weeks at number three in the top 10 on unhinged radio so thanks for tuning in and uh we'll talk to you again in a week thanks everyone